Yo, the podcast is called The Idea of Manhood. I call myself Five Mics. The number five stands for husband, father, educator, writer, MC, because the microphone gives me wings. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm in my element right now. It's uh it's it's Wednesday night. It's eleven o'clock. You know what I'm saying? And if you notice, like, my voice sounds fresh. I'm in my element. I'm in my prime right now, time-wise. I've been the last, pretty much for all of season two, I've been waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, trying to drain out my sinuses, come in and do this episode. It's been cool, but, like, when I go back and listen, like, my voice sounds crazy. So this is where I'm supposed to be. I feel good. I'm going to make it in my time. I'm going to make it my business to record at night. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, all right. Can we get a rest in peace for Tommy Ford, man? Yo, like I am, um, man. It, it's tough, man. It's, it's it's so crazy because I think I just did an episode uh, a couple weeks ago talking about you know men that are relatively young that are dying, man, health related deaths. Uh, I don't know, you know, to be quite honest, I don't know the details of his death. I don't know uh, how he died. I know, you know, he, he had a, a surgery, what seemed to be a, a pretty, you know, non-invasive surgery a few weeks ago on his leg or his knee or something. And he's been detailing the, the you know, he's been highlighting the details on Instagram of his recovery. And things just took a turn for the worse. The blood caught traveled up to his abdomen and ruptured based on what I'm reading. And I mean, you know, I don't know if health, you know, in terms of his health had a reason, uh, you know, was implicated in his death, but goodness gracious, man, I know my, my friends, people that I know well, two young men that have died that have passed from very similar situations. I know a young woman that I went to college with, that passed from a blood clot that traveled to her brain. I mean, yo, the, you know, they say you don't know the day or time. You know, you got to live your life right. You got to live your life with reckless abandon in a way that's productive and in a way that's like, yo, who has time for fear, man? For real? Like, who has time to be scared? Who has time to be harboring resentment? Who has time to be like, you know, have something on your mind and not feel empowered to say it. Who has that kind of time, man? Who has time to sleep? I mean, I know sleep is important. And I know, especially as parents, we complain about not getting any. But, yo, when you look back on your life, you're not going to be like, yo, those those eight hours of sleep really came in handy. No, man, we got to grind out here. We got to do we got to follow our passions. We got to speak empowerment on everything that we touched, on everybody that we interact with. We don't got time to be shackled by bias and to be shackled by what other people think of us and, you know, the limitations of our own brain and not thinking outside of the box. And, you know, I just, you know, I just don't have time in my personal life and my personal, professional, relationship, parental, whatever. I don't have time in my life to be thinking small, to be, you know, shackled by whatever small-minded thinking, um, you know, shackle us all at times. I just don't have to, we, we don't have time for that. People are, you know, this year, they say, they say 2016 has been a hard year when it comes to you know, deaths of people 
that are very recognizable, you know, princes and all and those things. Um, but yo, 2015 was rough, 14 was rough, 1988 was rough, 1972 was rough. People die every day, you know, loved ones die every day, cousins, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, grandmas die every day. And, you know, we really got to take our time here on Earth seriously. It's not a time to be solemn and thinking, about, oh, man, what was me? I, I haven't lived life to my full potential because life is you're still living. If you're living, if you're listening to this, you are living right now and you have time and potential to do whatever it is your mind can imagine. You know what I'm saying? So we think it's we think it's funny when people say, oh, you could be whatever you want to be. and you Just follow your dreams and all those things. Are, are um you know seem uh you know seem out of reach sometimes doesn't don't seem realistic all the time but I'm here to tell you like look you the only limitations that we really have are the limitations of our brain you know so those of us with kids encourage your kids to dream big encourage them to use their imagination don't laugh at their dreams don't you know, if they're brainstorming, let them brainstorm. If you ask them a question, they give you the most ridiculous answer. Go with it. You know what I'm saying? Let them dream and know that, you know, it sounds crazy. And I know, you know, sometimes your parents just tell you, oh, dreams can come true. Walt Disney type shit. But, yo, what we're seeing right now is people are being taken away in their prime. People that are close to us, people that we don't know, people that we do know, they're being taken away without reaching what we might think is their full potential. But, you know, God has, you know, God has that book open in terms of what our potential might may or may not be. But all I know is while I'm here, I'm not living in fear of nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not teaching my kids to fear. I'm not going to be, you know, bowing down to no man with it when it comes to myself and you know um the limitations of my brain so i didn't i didn't really i wasn't really going there today but just the the so many deaths that we've been faced with over the past year i think is just causing us to reflect every day every minute just like thanking god for life but then also you know what are you gonna do with every single breath like when you wake up you know, I think Puffy said you want to hustle like you the last one here. You know what I'm saying? Like there's one there's not one more second left of this hustle. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's that's just more relevant today than any time. I think it's it's time. There's so many things converging right now. I talked about it a little bit last week. There's so many things with relationships and people and race and gender and sexuality and all these things converging into letting us know that we're all special we're all unique no one can quiet our voice and you know you don't let anybody silence you from telling your story regardless of what it is regardless of the mistakes you've made in your past whatever like you just got to do what you got to do what you were put on earth to do don't sit on your talents don't let other people tell you you're not talented when you know you are you know define your own measure 
of success. You don't have to measure your success based on what it is other people are doing, even if they're doing exactly what you want to be doing. You're not there yet, and that's okay. You don't have to second guess yourself and put yourself down because you know what I'm saying? Because, oh, this person started the same thing when I started. Look how far ahead they are. But best believe there's some point in your life where you're ahead of somebody else and they're looking at you for inspiration. So you look at that next person for inspiration and just keep on pushing, man. Keep on pushing. We don't know when our last day. And I don't I don't live by that whole like, oh, I got to get my life in order because I'm about to die. I don't do that. But at the same time, the reality is people die every day. And when you leave this earth, what's going to be your memory? What's going to, what are people going to talk about you? How are people going to think back on you? I want people to think on me and laugh. You know what I'm saying? I want people to think back like, yo, Mike was the realest. Like Mike said what he had to say. I want my kids to be like, yo, daddy taught me to be brave. Daddy taught me to be honest. You know, even if it might hurt somebody's feelings, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't have to carry that burden. I'm preaching now. I didn't even, I don't, again, y'all know how I do. I don't have none of the scripted, but uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart because you know, I felt this, I felt Tommy Ford's death a little bit more than some of the others because like I said on, on social media, I watched Martin, Martin was the show when I was in high school and college, like that was a show that when we were at JMU on Thursday nights, we went to the the union and watched Martin and living single, like as a family, as you know, and we laughed and we joked and, you know, I recited the Martin lines and Tommy was a big part of that. So definitely rest in peace to him. Bless to all his families. Bless all his family. And I, I don't know if he has children, but his wife, fiance, whatever it is. I know he has a relationship on some level, but blessings to everyone that's impacted by him, by his untimely passing. Um, I wanted to talk today, you know, I'm talking about kids in my little, in my little positive rant just now. I was talking about kids and just like as fathers, as a, as at me as a father and the message that we send our kids. And, you know, I know a lot of new dads out there. Like I know a lot of dads that either have their first child that just had their first child, you know, within this year and I know a lot of dads that have had their second child within this year so I know a lot of new dads and truth be told you know unless you have a child that's out the house you a new parent yo unless you have a child that you've taken through all of the parental responsibilities legally you're still a new parent because what I figured out is that you know Every day is a new day. Every day that you have an experience when it comes to parenting is new. You're a new parent in that situation. So I was telling a story today at work to a, a colleague of mine about a parent-teacher conference that my wife and I had with our son. And I was just kind of, you know, as an educator, I'm always, I'm, I'm, you know, we're very intentional about our educational, um, uh, the type of impact that we have with our son's education and where we take every step, we're tactic and how we set it up. And, um, you know, I was just talking about how just, uh, amazed I was by this interaction. Um, and our son's in fifth grade, you know, we've met with all his teachers for the past five years, going back into preschool, six years, but every step of the way it's new, right? 
And this this uh, episode is probably going to be a little bit more, not really preachy for the new dads, but if there's anything I wanted to do with this podcast in the first place was to empower husbands and empower fathers. Not, you know, not exclusively either one or both of them at the same time, but I really wanted to empower fathers, empower new fathers, um, old fathers, people that didn't know they were fathers. I don't know. I want to empower men within their role in their household or in their family situation as fathers. You know, I challenge everyone. I challenge every man to think about this. And, you know, I know a lot of women listen. I think I probably have more women listeners than men listeners, and that's cool because y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Y'all think you know, but you don't. Um... I challenge every listener right now to think about this statement. If you are in a relationship or not, you find out you're having your first child. You find out you're having your first child. For the most part, minus a couple days or weeks or however long the woman waits to tell the husband. In most situations, the woman that's going to be the mother and the man that's going to be the father find out at the same time, right? You find out at the same time you're going to be a parent. Um, but because of the way us in the Western culture is socialized and much over and, and everywhere and many places throughout the world are socialized, like women are prepared to be mothers. Men, boys, and growing up, you know, we talk about it, but we're really not prepared. We're really not groomed. We're not socialized to be fathers. But in terms of the fact of, you know, every new couple, every new mother and father, whether the mother and father are married or not, a relationship or not, whether they live together or not, the husband and the wife, the mother and the father, the man, the woman find out at about the same time. But for some reason, fathers, especially new fathers, especially, you know, uh, fathers within the last few generations, we defer uh, all of the parenting responsibilities and the meat of the parenting responsibilities and not just the day to day stuff. I'm talking about decisions starting from the beginning from prenatal decisions, we defer a lot of that to the woman. Rightfully so, right? Because women carry the child and there's something in all of us, in men and women, that make us think like, yo, women are carrying the child, so they have to be the ones that make all of the important decisions. And of course, they know more about child rearing than fathers, right? Of course, just naturally. That's how God made it. Women know more and are better equipped to be parents than men. Wrong. I had to be like Charlie Murphy. Wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, in my in my experience, in my personal experience, and what I've seen with my mother and father, stepmother and parents and uh, friends, friends of the family, aunts, uncles, um, Men and women are equally equipped to do this parenting thing, to participate in this parenting thing. Now, of course, you know, of course, women have a physical and biological responsibility that men cannot uh, entertain. Men cannot birth a child. Men cannot uh, 
breastfeeding. Man, there's certain things about the physical nature of of, of mothering a child that men cannot do. And I think because of that, a lot of men give away their power, unbeknownst to them, subconsciously maybe, within the whole parenting relationship with the child's mother, with the wife, with the mother, right? We give it away. We give away control. We give it, we say, hey, you know what, baby? You're, you got it. You know what I'm saying? You, you have all authority when it comes to this parenting thing, you know? And that's why, that's real. If you want to look at a reason why I do this podcast, that's the reason. Because I wanted there to be a medium for young fathers out there looking to hear from other young fathers like them, like-minded, positive, you know, upwardly mobile, whatever you want to call it, active, intentional fathers. There was really, I don't know, maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't know where to look, but 10 years ago, 11 years ago, there, I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that voice. I literally could not find a book that was just like, you know, what are some of the tips and advice for modern fathers as opposed to, you know, uh, make sure you change a diaper every now and again, you know, talk to the baby, sing to the baby in the mother's stomach. Man, get, uh, no, a little bit more than that, homie. Like, so there's, there's really, there wasn't then when our second child was born, I didn't really look for it because at that point I was like, look, I got it. I got it already. I'm going to be the voice for those, for that next for this generation of fathers looking for for validation. That's really what it is. You we as dads want to be validated that yo just because whatever it is about this parenting situation doesn't come naturally for us is not innate many times. Many times different aspects of the parenting duties are not innate. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn in the job. And truth be told, I'm going to keep it real and tell y'all a secret. Women are learning on the job, too. Y'all don't know. You just act like you do. You're just much better at acting like you do. And, like, women are so much more in tune with their feelings. So a lot of times their intuition is so much better than ours when it comes to child rearing, when it comes to comforting another human because they've been doing it with their girlfriends and their moms have been comforting them and they've they've seen how that works we haven't seen that we've been told man get out of here boy stop crying boy if you don't get out of here wipe those tears up you know what i'm saying and so uh so so with that said you know women are also learning on the job moms are also learning on the job too but what i've seen is this here's the bamboozle here's the the here's the ultimate rabbit trick of parenting when you defer your decision making you know responsibilities to another person Think of anything. Think of business. Think of work. Think of on the on the sports field. Think of whatever environment you're comfortable. If you defer your power or if you transfer your power to someone else and you say, hey, hey, you got it. It's yours. Like that person becomes an expert, whether they're an expert or not. You know what I'm saying? Like if you be like, yo, you know, say, hey, I don't I don't know about this. parent. I don't know about changing diapers like you got it. That's you. 
the other person, the mother, could come and put the diaper on sideways, and you wouldn't know. You're like, oh, well, you're such a great mom, man. You are. Look at you. You know everything. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So my my message has always been to fathers. You got to know when it comes to the natural things, the things that are like, you know, the nature of the birthing and mothering process like you can't step in on that like you can't give birth you can't breastfeed you can't do certain things you can't sometimes uh men just aren't equipped to sue the baby every single time like a mom can that's that's normal that's natural that's nature when it comes to all the other stuff all the technical stuff all the things that people don't grow up learning or people that don't know innately Men need to be the expert on all those. Like, yo, you need to know how to, whatever it is, you need to know how to clean every freaking bottle. You need to know how to, you know, clean every diaper. You need to be the master stain remover. You need to know how to put that diaper on with your non-dominant hand. You need to know how to, whatever it is. And it sounds trivial, right? It sounds like, oh, that don't mean nothing. You can't do... But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to this parenting thing, it's a team effort. And just like at work, just like when you're at work and you have a group project, whoever takes on the majority of the group work feels the most empowered in that group. Right. And so someone someone's you know, you're in a group of two, you have a group of four people and you have a project and there's one leader and that one leader is making all the decisions. They're telling everybody, Hey, you go over here. Boom. You go over here. I'm going to do this. Right. And then when we, when we finish, we're going to present it this way. And I got the outline here. I got it. Don't worry about it. You do what I tell you to do. If someone within that group is like, yo, um, why are we doing it this way? Most likely, that person that's been taking the lead is going to get enraged. Like, you don't tell me what. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I see in parenting relationships all the time. I see it's, it's, it's like a seesaw. And at the beginning, you know, men are in it. They're like, yo, whatever you need, baby, I'm right there. You know, I'm going to take care. Yo, I got you. Blah, 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 blah. And then because women are so, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say imbalanced, because that sounds harsh and people are going to get mad. But women are emotionally imbalanced in the best way possible. Like not like chemically like inefficient, but just like women are so enamored and so um, in love in a different type of love with the child. Like a lot of the rational decision-making processes and ways that y'all might have been making decisions for the length of your entire relationship when it comes to that baby that baby is hers and that's what society tells mothers is that that baby is yours the father is there to help that baby is yours and if anybody tries to tell you different you flip off on them and start throwing tables over. And that's just what I've seen. Like, that's what I've seen with new moms, old moms, whatever it is. Like, you know, in terms of the territory around their children, that's theirs. 
And so at the beginning, parents, you know, dads are playing this dance. Like, I got it. You know what I'm saying? But after getting slapped a couple of times, like, no, oh, baby, um, we, uh, can you not wash the bottles like that? Because, um, you know, the milk inside the nipple can mold and we don't want a uh, rat mouth for the baby. I read up on that. So I just need you to do that. And most times men are like, sure thing, honey. No problem. Just tell me what it is. Okay. Um, babe, um, can you not fold, um, when you fold, her diaper cloth like that, it leaves a crease in it. And so when I have to wrap my precious child in the blanket, like the crease like leaves a mark on her cheek. And I don't really like that. Sure thing, babe, whatever you need, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And so men fall into that role of just like taking orders when it comes to their child, taking orders when it comes to their infant, that the mother doesn't know what the hell she's doing either. She's just been faking it a lot longer and everyone's told her, everyone's empowered the woman to be like, you're in control when it comes to this group project, right? So time after time that happens. Um, when you change her, can you, you know, just make sure, you know, you know, you don't wipe from front or from back to front. You wipe from front to back. Well, babe, that's what I was. No, I watched you. Um, I was watching from across the room and you really wipe from like midpoint to front. I need you to wipe all the way from the back. And when you wipe, I need it to be like at 173 degree angle. And I think you might have just had 162 degree. And like, we just got to make sure that we're communicating right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it be. It becomes this like crazy, like maniacal, nitpicky, like the craziest shit that the woman that the wife or the mother will like just latch on to something. Um, excuse me. Um, when you walk in from work, can you make sure that you wash your hands before you touch us? Uh, babe, I did. Um, I actually did wash my hands. Uh, I washed it twice because the last time you said I didn't, my, I this, I didn't wash them, and you weren't really sure. Well, uh, I read on Baby Center and the Mommy Blog that. Uh, you have to wash your hands three and a half times, and I need you to sing the ABCs frontwards and backwards as you're washing them, just you know, just to make sure. Okay, got you. And so after months of that, years of that, that I mean, it's human behavior. Men are gonna be like, just tell me what the fuck to do. Just tell me what to do. Oh my god, right? Like I can't. So we're you know we're we we're whatever work situation we're in. You know, we're told at work what to do and we have structure at work. It's like one, two, three, four, five. You do these five things, you turn it in, your supervisor gives you a check and you keep it moving. And then a lot of us get home and it's the same thing. And our wives have become these taskmasters with our kids and they read a couple mommy blogs and yo, mommy blogs are the devil, yo. Like, I'm so glad that for our oldest son, that mommy blogs didn't exist in the way that they do now. Mommy blogs then were books like, you know, what was the, you know, how to, what to expect when expecting and all those. Those were the mommy blogs, but that was really just one voice. Now the mommy blogs were like 30,000 crazy moms that all, you know what I'm saying? It's all telling you like conflicting information. But anywho, um, so dads, like you have to like, really, this is the part where like being a man, like you got to be a man about your situation. 
And a lot of men that I've talked to, like, Mike, it's not worth it. Like, just, you know, and I'm not the type, I, 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 me, me personally, I'm not the is not worth it type of dude. Like, I'm, if, if, like I said last week, if there's an injustice, regardless of how big or small it is, I got to say something about it. I don't have to fight for it, but I got to address it. Right. And I encourage all dads, you got to stake out your claim in your parental relationship. You can't let the wife, the mother, whatever it is, the baby's mother be a taskmaster and a fake genius, a fake expert when it comes to both of your children, both of your child, because, you know, unlike what you know, the messages may be telling her it took both of y'all to make it. So there's aspects of you, dad, that's within that child that the mother just won't know how to manage, especially once they become, you know, once child, once kids start to communicate and, you know, there starts to be a little personality development, like fathers are so instrumental. But what I've seen is that because, you know, when baby was two weeks old, and dad just became a checklist on the baby center guide. Dads check out. Dads check out. I know a lot of dads that check out. There are times when as 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 much as I know I shouldn't, I check out because my wife just gets bombarded by the crazy. She just becomes one of those maniacal, nitpicky, you know, taskmaster moms. And it's like the gift and the curse because that's what makes moms so great. You know, they keep lists. They keep us all organized. They keep the house going, right? But when it comes to the life that you help create, sometimes the list won't work. Sometimes you got to go and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? My tactic was this. This is a great. I don't know if it's a great example or not, but it's the one that's coming to my head right now. So I told you I have a psychology background, right? I, I make sure y'all know that. Y'all know I'm just not talking outside of my net. And so a lot of times when our children were infants, when they were babies, that hard time, that, that one, you know, those that birth to three months, birth to six months, like, you know, I was the diaper master. I was the, you know, the swaddle master, all that, the bottle, making sure things, making sure that whatever is, whatever is my wife had to do naturally, whether it was give birth, not give birth, give birth and breastfeed, whatever those things that only she can do, I tried to make it so that the environment was like perfect for her to do that, where she would have to exert as little energy as possible. So I always tell people like... From the time we found out we were having a baby, I went to every single prenatal appointment, every single one. And I didn't do it because I wanted props. I didn't do it because I wanted, you know what I'm saying, any kind of recognition. I did it because I had to let my wife know. I had to let the doctors know. I had to let the nurses know that this is not a one-woman show. Like, Fathering doesn't start once the baby is born. I went to every single prenatal appointment as, you know, as, as much as I know, I think I, for, for our son, I probably missed one for our daughter. I missed two or three. We just got, I just got a new job. It was crazy. But, 
uh, I went to every single one. And I was there. I asked questions. I took notes. I was actively, you know, involved. And people in the waiting room and the nurses would be like, "What? Are, why are you here? Like, looking at me like they would try to exclude me from conversations. And y'all know, I'm like, excuse me, I can't. Can you speak up? I can't hear. Could you speak into this air, please? You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's just like the whole part of boxing fathers out happens during those prenatal visits because the doctor establishes a relationship with mom and never sees dad. They don't know if there's a dad involved. Like, what is the woman help? Like, what's going on? So I established it from there. I was like, yo, I'm going to be here every step of the way. It's nothing that you're going to have to make a decision about that comes to our baby, especially before they get here, that you're going to have to make on your own. I'm going to be there. So, you know, when the baby was born, very much the same way. It, if whenever my wife woke up to breastfeed, I couldn't breastfeed, but damn it, I was up. I was up right there. I might have been dozing off a little bit, but for the most part, I was up. And I would say 98% of the time, when the baby woke up, I woke up. The baby squirmed, I'm the one that got up to check on the baby. I let mommy sleep a little bit, you know, get that milk ready, you know, doing whatever you got to do. Um, but that's the role, that's the active role I wanted to play because one, I just had that, that's just, that's my job. Like that's, that's how I roll. I don't, I don't want, and two, the petty side is I don't want anybody. I don't want my wife. I don't want my wife's girlfriends. I don't want my aunts or nieces, or I don't want my wife's sister, you know, to be having conversations like, mm, Mike don't even do nothing. Uh-uh. You need to do that. Da, da, da. No, not me. Not the kid, son. You can't say nothing about me not being there because I was there. Oh, you can't say nothing about getting extra sleep because I was right there with you awake. And then, you know, oh, you only got two hours of sleep. Well, I got one because I was up an hour before you getting the baby ready to breastfeed. Yes, no, I didn't breastfeed. I know that's taxing in the body, but I was up right there with you looking and, and you know, just trying to comfort you the best I could. So um, that's the petty side of it. But so the baby would cry, right? The baby would cry. This was our, our son. He would cry. And, you know, he was, was kind of, you know, there was a period of time. I think all babies go through that, like time where they you know they cry a lot and you know going through their things or whatever and um a lot of times I would just come in if I'm in the room if I have the if I have him you know if I'm holding him mom's doing something else or whatever I would just watch him cry I would watch him and I would observe and I was like okay I would look at you know look at the eyes okay mm, is he straining you know, is he kind of hunched over? You know, is he tired? Is he rubbing his eyes? And I would just watch. So, of course, that means that sometimes the crying will go on for a little bit longer than we both wanted. You know, nobody wants to see a baby cry. But I was that was just my thing. And to this day, if my kids are upset, you know, a lot of times a knee-jerk reaction is to go up and be like, what's wrong? What, what can I do to help? I just watch, like, what's, what's wrong? What is that? Tell me what's going on. I'm not. You fell on the playground. Okay, I'm not gonna run up and pick you up. I'm a, like, what's what's going on? Where did you where are you hurt? Point to it. Show it to me. Tell me. Um, and so, you know, my wife wasn't necessarily like that. Her first instinct as a mother, you know, motherly instinct, is to come scoop them up, save the day. That's what moms do. Moms save the day. You know what I'm saying? And so that was just like a stylistic difference. 
you know, but there were times where, you know, my wife, my mom, my wife's mom, all the mothers would be like, you got to da 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 da. And they would criticize some of the things that I did because, you know, dads aren't experts. And I'm my thing is, why? How? How am I not an expert on my child? You know what I'm saying? Just because we don't do as dads, don't do things the way that women do them, doesn't mean that our ways are any less effective. Or doesn't mean that the child is going to end up, you know, with two fingers because we chose to give them milk that's a little bit too hot. I'm sorry. We chose to um, warm up the bath uh, with, 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 you know, not the right makeup of... Um, a baby, baby splash, you know, a, a baby soap. You know, oh, it's too many suds. That, oh, it's too many suds. So that means that the baby's gonna have like fair bubbles. Like, what? What? What's the problem? So I say all of that, and I say all this in this episode to be like, dads, new dads, old dads, it's not too late because don't wait to get into your a lot of a lot of guys wait like oh you know what you know mom will handle the baby you know until they're about five or six then i'll start getting jumping in there nope wrong because that's not gonna work you haven't established a relationship with your child they don't see you when you're frustrated it's important the kids got to see when you're frustrated too you know what i'm saying they only see when mom's frustrated and it causes them to treat them in a certain way you know what i'm saying so the the kids need to see both you know, and for those, of course, this might not apply to all the to the to the women that are single moms and to the dads that are single dads. You got to handle things differently. This don't apply to y'all. I'll do one for y'all another time. But uh, if there are two people in the household, there's two people sharing space. Um, then dads, you have to insert yourself. You it, it's not a, it's not a uh, it's not a um, a question. It's not a well, maybe I should know. You have to, and you have to do it from the very beginning, and you have to do it as a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do another episode. I have an episode brewing in my mind about, like, as as funny as I am as a person, as much as I like to, you know, be silly and, you know, I like to have fun and laugh and joke, when it comes to my kids, I'm not a jokeable i'm not a joking dad i'm not the type to go out there like, you know I'm, I, i've just never been that way when it comes to kids i'm business and then when everything's handled we could you know we could have fun of course we're gonna laugh and joke all the time but that's not my first line of defense so you know what i'm saying fathers men you have to handle your children as men there's a reason why it takes a man and a woman to have a baby there's a balance there there's you know there's all sorts of hormonal balances but there's also social balance there's also like all of these different um you know whether you know i know it's not in vogue right now to talk about stereotypes and gender roles and socialization but the reality is is that our kids need balance so a mom is all kissy feely touchy you know oh i'm gonna wipe your pain away then dads need to provide that structure dads need to be like yo this is how it's gonna be this is how you're gonna talk to your mother and father and this is how you're gonna address us and that starts when you're one month old please believe me that these things about discipline and how we interact with our kids and expectations they start from when they're babies so um i encourage i uh, i i implore 
uh, fathers to start from the very beginning. Don't take a passive role in your household as a father. Don't let it be the mother's responsibility to be a parent. All right. Parents is gender uh, is is uh, gender neutral. Right. Anybody can be a parent. OK. Uh, the problem is that so many of these, you know, of course, all the mommy blogs and all the articles. If you read an article about uh, parenting uh, too often, the role of parent is substituted by just moms. Moms have to do this. The best way for moms to do X, Y, and Z. And I, since since before we had children, I'll be like, how can they never address anything to the dads? Like, just, it doesn't bother me, but I just wonder, like, isn't that, isn't, isn't there something wrong about that? Like, if we were talking about my, a field of, that I'm interested in, we're talking about education and we're talking about going to college and all colleges referenced in every magazine was Stanford, how uh, Harvard, Yale, Princeton uh, and Duke and Columbia. Then we'd be like, uh, what about Howard and Hampton and Morgan and Morehouse and Spellman and Bennett and NCA? Like, wouldn't don't we want balance? There's a reason why there's so much uh, value in things that are balanced, and so uh, we can't just substitute parenting. We can't just substitute motherhood for parenting. Dads, it starts from the very beginning. It starts from setting that precedent from day one when you find out you're having a baby that you're going to be an active person. You can't just tell her you have to show and you have to be there. You have to be there in your presence. You have to be there with your actions. You have to be there to provide structure. That's what fathers do. Okay, you can't just let the woman tell you, the wife, the baby's mother, whatever, tell you how to be a parent. You can't do that. I'm not trying to cause any rift in anybody's household, but I promise you in the long term, in the long run, mom and child and everybody will appreciate the structure that you provide them in the meantime in the in you know in the now it's going to be frustrating for everybody because mom wants to be mom all day a thousand percent of the time so she can go back on the mommy blog and say oh i had such a busy weekend i was doing this and i had to take the kids here and we went to the pumpkin patch and then we went here and then i had to take them to soccer practice and then because that's like mommy's worth is built on her busyness and how she's able to juggle everything you know what i'm saying so dad you have to be there to, to provide some structure be like look here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this and take the kids here while i'm here you can do this we'll meet up at the you know whatever it is to set that structure for your family so that's my directive that's my suggestion not directive that's my suggestion for uh men out there look this is the idea of manhood it's a new day our parents our fathers back in the day you know it, it wasn't in vogue to be intentional like we are doing in this day and time you know what i'm saying we we have there's more at stake for us especially don't get me started if you're a black father if you're a black father there's so much more that the world and the families need from us that's been absent from our families for 120 years. Our grandfathers and great-grandfathers, they might have been around, 
but they weren't present. You know what I'm saying? They were around, but they weren't intentionally active in the lives and the child rearing of their children and grandchildren. That's cool. They had to do what they had to do. We have options. That's what happens as time evolves. We have options. Um, So with that, I say, yo, thank you so much for listening. I don't think I took one single breath during this episode. I really think I did this all on one breath. Um, I got, I'm sipping on something, so that might be why I'm sweating right now. But, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It's season two, episode five. I don't know what I'm going to call this episode, but, um, it's the idea of manhood. I've been your host, Five Mics. I am your, uh, your host for this evening. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. Tune into www.theideamanhood.com. Please rate, comment, share, post, whatever you got to do. I really want to hear from you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for listening, and I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace.